Intelligence. Energizing your email marketing with Kate Barrett. Brought to you by eFocus Marketing. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Intelligence. I'm Kate Barrett, the founder of eFocus Marketing, a specialist email marketing agency helping companies to use email more intelligently. Today for our Intelligence Masterclass, once again, we'll dig down into a specific area of email marketing to help you increase your results. And it's my absolute pleasure to be joined today by Jula Namet, co-founder of Chameleon and EDM Designer. Jula has been working on email products since 2013 and is an expert in HTML and JavaScript. Along with his co-founder, he has built Chameleon from zero to worldwide usage. Jula, welcome and thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hi, nice to meet you. It's a pleasure to be here with you. So before we jump in, do you want to introduce us to Chameleon and EDM Designer and how you help clients? Yeah, I would like to say a few words about Chameleon. It's uh, basically an email management platform where uh, teams can work together on creating email designs and like the content part of it. And the biggest and best feature is that uh, we have many, many, many collaborative features, like, for example, real-time collaborative editing, and that's quite unique on the market. I'm really proud of that. Brilliant. It's well worth checking out for anyone listening. So thank you for that little introduction there. We'll get your details and how people can get in touch at the end of the episode. So keep listening for that. But today's topic is one for all the diehard email geeks out there. We're going to go <laughs> into the coding of your emails today and some of the issues that you might encounter when creating your campaigns and making sure they render correctly in lots of different email clients. So it's absolutely critical to make sure that your emails are built correctly in their foundation so that they're able to do their job properly and engage your audience. That covers everything from making sure that they display on different mobile devices and in a different way from your desktop and webmail versions so that they're easy to interact with in all of those instances, for example, through to making sure that the code you use is read and followed by the different mailbox providers that you're sending to, because they all have different things that they will and won't read. So, Jula, let's start at the beginning when it comes to email code. What are the differences between email clients and rendering engines? What do we need to know here? Okay, so I think we, we should start with the fact that uh, you can't really use the methods and the technologies what you use on the web uh, because, like, most of them don't really work in email. For example, the most basic thing is that you can't use JavaScript uh, in your email. Uh, and also, in many cases, you can't use, you know, a separate CSS file. Uh, but besides that, there are huge differences between rendering engines. For example, the biggest enemy of uh, email gigs is Outlook. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> It's the bane of our lives in terms yeah. of displaying emails how you want them. <laughs> yeah, so basically if you want to support Outlook, then you should go back in time and pretend that you are in the 90s or early 2000s and you will have to use stable elements. 
Uh, otherwise, your email just won't look nice on Outlook. And uh, that is that can be quite surprising for some people who are not got used to, you know, coding email and stuff. And uh, the funny thing is that uh, it's also that the rendering engine behind Outlook, like the newer versions of Outlook, is 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 Word. Like the the each HTML processor is Word based, uh, which is funny because previously it used to be Internet Explorer seven, uh, but they changed it because of an EU regulation. Okay. You you just can't. There was this issue with uh, Microsoft that. Uh, uh, it was not allowed to, you know, put uh, some a browser into a product, and I, I can't recall the details, but it's because of EU regulations, which is funny. And then, uh, since it's a word rendering engine, uh, you will have to use like totally different uh, 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 stuff uh, if you wanna uh, support uh, Outlook. For example, if you want to have a background background image, uh, then you will have to use uh, VML, which is similar to SVG, but it's like the ancient version of SVG, I would say. Okay. And um, and also this, this divs versus tables thing, uh, Outlook just simply doesn't support uh, many properties on divs. So if you want to make it stable, you have to use tables. But uh, there are we are lucky because there are some neat tricks. Uh, for example, the word render, rendering engine, you know, they uh, support this uh, conditional comments, um, which is, uh, I don't know how much detail should I tell about this, but it's, uh, you can target like different versions of Outlook with these uh, conditional comments, and then you can, you know, put different code for Outlook. So that's really important to do, to make sure that you understand which of those receiving mailbox providers your subscribers are using. And you can see yeah. that from your statistics in your ESP so that you can code your emails for those top mailbox providers and make sure that they render correctly. So like you said, if somebody yeah. is using Outlook desktop and you've got a lot of users, particularly if you're B2B, that can, can happen a yeah. lot, that you're getting a lot of Outlook desktop users you've got to make sure that you add that additional code, that slight difference in code that's going to be read by Outlook correctly when it won't read yeah. the same as what you're seeing Gmail or even Outlook online is completely different from desktop. So yeah. it's definitely the bane of an email marketer designer yeah. coder's life, right? <laughs> that, that is correct. That is correct. And uh, also you can't really use, for example, media queries in uh in, 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 well, you can use a modern uh, email clients and web-based email clients and uh, like modern, uh, you know, smartphones will, we uh, uh, render them correctly. But for example, if, if there are, in many cases, they just, just ignore uh, media queries or they just don't, uh, 
uh, like strip out the style tag and, you know, media queries are sitting in the style tag. So then, wow, that can be also very complicated. Okay. And there's another issue that, um, like, uh, you also have to consider which email client supports, uh, you know, certain CSS uh, properties or uh, HTML attributes. Uh, there's a good list about that. So if you search for that, you're going to find like really good resources. Uh, but it's also something you have to keep in mind. Uh, and you will have to put together your email in a way that, uh, in a tricky way, like using, like, like declaring the same thing in many different places, uh, can help you to, you know, your email to be rendered correctly uh, in different email clients. So, okay, so having something in an inline CSS tag as well as in yes. a separate CSS at the the top of the email that's that's referenced effectively. That as well, but also yep. also you might need to use the with attribute. So. Uh, yep. If you want to define, you know, the width of an element, you can, uh, you can, uh, either you can uh, use the width attribute, which which is a quite old way of doing it, uh, or you can, um, you can use inline inline CSS, or you can uh, uh, try to use like the CSS in the style tag. But if you want to be absolutely sure, then you have to figure out uh, in which which of these you will have to use in your email. It really depends on your audience, right? So yeah, absolutely. So if we look at some of the most common email clients, so if we think about Gmail, we've got um, Outlook, online version, Hotmail and Outlook. Uh, we've got mm -hmm. Yahoo. And then, of course, we've got desktop Outlook and then the mm -hmm. mobile devices. So if we look at yeah. iPhone, etc. What are some of the most common elements that we need to be aware of when we're coding these emails? So you said that depending on the email client, we might need to use certain different tags. Where should we start with figuring this out? And when issues do arise, what do we do? Well, it I would say it really depends on... Uh, on on the complexity of your email because if you go like a sim simple one column layout then uh, you will probably be fine uh but and and if you use tables in a single column layout but uh, if you if you want to create like more advanced advanced layouts uh then you will have to be really really, really careful. Uh, well, the resources, so where to start? It's a good question because uh, I think the biggest problem with uh, this field is that uh, uh, there are many resources which are not really up to date, I would say. Uh, so things are continuously changing. Um, and, uh, you can read like a lot of stuff on the internet, which are, which are basically not true anymore. Um, because, you know, some 
email heroes uh, wrote some articles like, I don't know, 10 years ago or like long time ago. And uh, many, many, many email clients, uh, you know, uh, appeared on the market and they changed, especially webmails, they changed continuously. And uh, you will have to be prepared uh, for those changes. And I think that's quite hard because if you have your HTML, email HTML templates, uh, and for example, uh, they roll out something in Yahoo Mail uh, that can break your email, then you will have to fix you know, those issues in all of your templates. And mm -hmm. that's kind of, kind of painful. Oh, very. Yeah. I, I know that you know this struggle. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And this is why it's so important to test every email before you send it to make sure that everything is rendering correctly, that nothing has changed since the last time that you sent that template out because things do change and new issues come yeah. up that you need to solve and need to find a way around. You know, I know a few years ago, all of a sudden, you know, one pixel line started showing in Outlook on desktop and that's something yeah. we have to try and get around now. And there's so many little nuances like that. So I think the key mm. is to make sure that you are obviously creating a really solid piece of HTML, making sure that you're putting those tags into multiple places, like you've said, throughout the email. And also looking at not only when there's changes, but when you create a new email, like you said, what's the design of that email? How's it going to render in different email clients? How do you want it to look yeah. different in those? And making sure that you put the yeah. code into your emails for a responsive design that's going to stack your content in a very specific way when you look at it on a mobile device. So it's very Definitely. important to, to look at all of this and to understand the coding behind it. And what's interesting is that where the different mailbox providers do have different ways that they read the code, different elements that they will or won't accept when they're, they're reading that code. What's interesting is uh, the incoming flux, I think, that we're going to see of people using AMP and what that's going to do. And if that's going to help to bring some kind of standardization across things where it's being picked up by obviously starting with Google, Microsoft have picked it up, Yahoo have picked it up. And as we see that come out of beta, I think that's going to be really interesting in terms of standardization. What do you think from that side in terms of a, a coding perspective? Well, uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's a really interesting project. And uh, also, for example, Mail.True supports that, which is mm -hmm. surprising for me. Uh, but honestly, I'm a little bit skeptic uh, okay. because because um, many of the, those features what uh, you can use in AMP for email uh, needs, uh, for example, it needs backend. So if you want to create uh, an interactive interactive survey, uh, then. Uh, you're going to need to either to have an ESP which handles the backend stuff, or mm -hmm. or you will have to code it yourself. And now the penetration is 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 not still not that that mm -hmm. high, I would say. So I think we will need to wait a few years uh, for 
big enough market pen- penetration for that. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I'm really excited about this project because, as you said, uh, it could be the new standard, and that is the key. But it won't help us with, uh, for example, with our evil friend Outlook, desktop Outlook. <laughs> no, nothing because, will. <laughs> yeah, because that, we, that will stay in corporations for like decades, I would say. Definitely. Um, yeah, so, well, that is, that is problematic. Intelligence, energizing your email marketing with Kate Barrett. Brought to you by eFocus Marketing. Join in the discussion on social media. Search hashtag eTelligence. So you mentioned uh, ESPs there when we were talking about um, adoption yeah. and uh, bringing all of that that coding in. And I think this is a really interesting topic when it comes to code as well, because one of the things that people don't realize is that you can code, code the perfect email, but you go to then upload it into your ESP and things can go wrong at that point. So exactly. what should people be looking out for? And have you got any examples for us there? Yeah, ah, uh, yeah, that is also like a really, really big pain. Uh, like, for example, if you have like a perfectly designed uh, email template, which you sent it out, you tested it, you tested it in, you know, various email clients uh, or with Litmus or email on ASIC. And uh, after you, for example, you copy and paste it into MailChimp, then everything can go wrong. And uh, I'm not against MailChimp. I'm just saying that, uh, for example, this copy and paste thing is, well, it's kind of painful uh, because because if you do that, it will auto-format your email and put like many, many white spaces into your email and, and the size will increase like incredibly. Sometimes it's the size is double or something. And uh, then, uh, for example, in Gmail, there's this limit limitation that, uh, you know, it will cut the content after 102 kilobytes, I think. Uh, and uh, then, then uh, you, know, you know, if you copy and paste it into mail, uh, the MailChimp HTML editor, then uh, after you send it in MailChimp, it might happen that, uh, that only half of your email is visible. And that's like <laughs> something that uh, many of our customers were not aware of. But uh, for example, if you can synchronize it via an, via an API call, uh, then it's fine. But you should not edit uh, the email in in, uh, in MailChimp's editor. Or another thing is that there's another example that... Uh, Campaign Monitor has this neat feature to uh, put all of your uh, style in, you know, inline style. So they are inlining your code. And in some cases, they should really not do that uh, because you might have a certain code like CSS code in, in, in the head of the email, which is, you know, deliberately there. And... Uh, that can also go wrong. And uh, a third example is that many ESPs have uh, um, validators 
uh, and they try to validate your email code based on HTML standards. But as we know, like email don't really have HTML standards or there's no standardization, as you said, uh, in email. And, um, and um, it might happen that you can send out the email uh, from a certain uh, ESP, but you can't do it through another because of their validation. Right. Okay. That 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 is really painful. I I yeah. I had I had several fights around that because I was like, <laughs> hey, come on, you you just should not validate things like that. It's an email code. Come on. it's definitely something to watch out for and it's great to have some specific examples there and obviously those issues aren't limited to just those email clients definitely think about um, the ESP that you're using and whether or not you can use specific types of code in it um, and and how they validate that so that's really interesting to know so Mm. When you're creating an email, you're coding an email, what are the steps that you go through? If you had, let's say, three steps to take to make sure that that email is going to render correctly um, in all of the different email clients that you're sending to, what are those steps that you go through? Well, honestly, I, uh, I like to think in patterns. So uh, if you have a a really good pattern, for example, uh, for a column layout, then you should use that pattern uh, as a snippet or something. But uh, uh, throughout the years, I realized that it's so so hard and so, so hard to code email in a good way that I decided to create generators for that. Mm-hmm. So. So basically, uh, you can have like a little bit more abstract elements, uh, or not really abstract. So you can define your uh, own document format, uh, which contains buttons, uh, text elements, headings, uh, and also layout elements. Uh, for example, columns and. Uh, you probably want to make sure that these elements work properly. And the good thing about like thinking in in this way is that you will have to make sure that your generator is good, works properly, and uh, then you can just use your elements as like building blocks. And uh, we I. I have been doing this forever, like since I started, uh, you know, this uh, email thing back in 2013. So I think I think that is the, the robust way of doing it. Mm, I like that. So build sections of your design that you can put together effectively in a a modular template and you can build that up as you go and make sure that that code is really robust and you can use a generator to do that and you guys have got one and we'll talk about um, links to to all of those things in in just a minute as well so you can use a generator to do that 
You said earlier yes. about making sure that you're checking in litmus and email on acid before you yeah. send out that email each time to make sure it renders correctly in all of those important email clients. And if it doesn't, you've got to go through that investigation process to figure out which email client isn't it rendering properly? And what are some of the nuances in that email client that could be causing that? So do you need to put in some of those different pieces of code? Do you need to repeat your styling in a couple of different places throughout your email? Jula's giving you some really great examples there of some of those specifics to then start looking into. So to kind of round us off and and leave us on a a high here, because you've given us some really interesting information, what are your final top tips for anyone to make sure that they can really nail this and they have the best chance possible of making sure that those emails are coded in a really robust way. Yeah. uh, Before that, can I add something to the previous? uh, Sure, sure. Yeah. So uh, there are also, uh, you know, other positive sides if you think about generators uh, that... uh, you said uh, that uh, you have to have a thorough um, quality check before sending uh, your emails out. But if you can make sure that your generators work like well, then uh, you might not need to do it each and every time. Uh, so if your you you know the text length is is kind of the same and stuff like that, then uh, then a generator uh, can make it sure that that your email will render correctly. And then other thing is that if you think about these, uh, you know, abstra- more abstract concepts like columns and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you can you can ex- exchange the code behind that. So you can experiment with uh, different, um, you know coding techniques for columns or buttons, which is kind of useful. For example, if you want to create a VML button, then you can just swap the code behind, right? And, uh, and yeah, you know, the other, other parts of your email will be untouched, but, uh, but you can make experiments like really easily with that. Okay, great. And what would those tips be to make sure that everything is robust when people are creating those emails? <laughs> well, uh, if you don't have expertise in the field, then uh, you should talk to someone. <laughs> that is <laughs> Agreed. <step laughs> number one. And uh, uh, basically, if you if you follow these steps that that uh, you think in patterns, then first, like, build really robust, you know, building blocks for your buttons, for your columns, for your, I don't know, card elements or whatever. And first, you will have to make sure that it works. The works, for example, yeah, step zero is works in your browser, but because, you know, if you uh, try to code with ancient techniques, then... (laughs) then uh, you might end up with really funny things. It happened to me several times. And yeah. after that, after that, you go for litmus and email on acid and, and, and those. And uh, then if you, if you did all of this, 
then uh, you still might have, you know, some email clients that you need to cover. Uh, for example, regional email clients that you might not find in, in Litmus or email, email on Acid. You have to do it manually. And yeah, use tables. Yeah. <laughs> what more is there to say? Use tables. I like it. <laughs> Excellent. That's so helpful. And it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on as my guest today, Jula. Thank you so much. How can people Thank find you. out more about Chameleon and EDM Designer and get in touch with you? Well, just go to chameleon.io uh, and you can read a lot about that there. This is our active product, so uh, I think it's worth checking out this one. I'm on Twitter as well, so Julianame at 85, I think that's my handle. Fabulous. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. So that's it for today's Intelligence Masterclass. I hope you found it useful. Please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or whichever podcast provider you're listening through. Find eFocus Marketing on all the socials or visit www.e-focusmarketing.com. Thanks for listening. Intelligence. Energizing your email marketing with Kate Barrett. Head to our website for downloads and show notes. e-focusmarketing.com/intelligence.